Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red, uh, Not In Forest podcast, not actually live. My name is Matt Davis, hosting it as usual. I'm joined today by Greg Mitchell to talk about the Forest 3-1 win at Barnsley, a podcast we weren't going to do because we've already done two this week, but it was such a good game and such a, a feeling that we've all missed for actually seeing them playing well. I thought we should definitely do one. So uh, here's me and Greg for about half an hour to talk through it all. Greg, are you well? Yeah, very well. Great. I know. Playoff, playoff hotel books, I think you said last well, night. Well, yeah, I mean, it already was, but not many people believed me. But after last night, you keep seeing the tweets about, oh, only eight points and this, that, the other, and you think I told you. I know, but, uh, I know. no, what a turnaround in all seriousness. That was just superb. I got into bed last night and I did Google the table and I did scroll up and it is only eight <laughs> points. You do wonder. Let's not get too carried away. I mean, we'll talk about... The pitfalls are getting carried away a bit in a minute, but just looking at the game, um, you nobly watched it after your late shift at work. What were your <laughs> what were your overall thoughts on it? I mean, starting at the end of the game, really, when we were three one up, you saw players like Brennan Johnson desperately trying to get more, and he just I just love watching him play because you you see him playing. I swear he's smiling when he's got the ball. <laughs> um, they were just superb. That second off, that's best performance since the Sabri days, really, or, or beyond. It was just frighteningly good. Every time we got it, we went forward in waves. And there was when players were running forward, they were looking to the right and the left, and there was a player there ready to support them. Uh, it should have been more. It really should, because, you know, the first off was a little bit 50-50, I'd say, and we were unlucky to go 1-0 down. But when we decided to, like, turn it up a notch, we were just brilliant and... You know, you've seen pundits and, and people who've watched the game say that we are not a team that should be in the position we are now. And now it's time to push on. And you think this international break, I wish it was in a couple of months because we're the form team at the minute. It's just superb. I don't want to turn it into a Cooper loving. We probably will do. But just, I mean, go, go right back to the team news. Um, Mikey was on here on Monday saying he thought Brennan Johnson should play as a false claiming nine. It. Well, I don't think Chris Hewton would have listened to him, put it that way. But if Steve Cooper sort of did. You know what I mean? I mean, Brennan Johnson mm. did play as that false nine or Zink and Eagle played through the middle. It was all very fluid. Uh, do we, you know, was it the right team? Were you happy when you saw that? Yeah, and they proved it was the right team because they all decided we've got to do a job now. We've got to make up for this. You know, we haven't got the, the, the striker on the pitch or, or that. And they all worked together and played brilliant. Um I was a little bit worried the first few minutes, you know, Lolly just didn't look like he, he had the touch last night to begin with, but he soon proved us wrong. Um, yeah, they did a job. Johnson, for me, was just superb and worryingly good that we haven't signed him up for that contract yet, but I'm sure we'll speak about that in a bit. Um, we're live on Facebook, so do drop your comments in. I'll prove we're live by putting Tony's comment in about the kit, um, which is obviously the reason yeah, it's all going I so agree. well. <laughs> Nothing to do with the manager and the players. Um, I mean, John says here about we need to practice playing out from the back. It was mm-hmm. obviously a very distinct change in terms of going about an away game from the Houston days. It's a work in progress, isn't it? But I think the point is certainly that they went after it and they were positive and they looked like a plan. I mean, that's just such a good feeling to to have as a fan, isn't it, after what we saw for the last year? Yeah, I mean, the, the playing from the back, it did almost get us unstuck. I think it was the zinc goal where um, we tried to do it from Samba and then suddenly Barnsley got possession. But Samba gets a second chance at him, puts this beautiful throw uh, to, I think, Johnson. And then it was just a, a really easy A to B goal, which... 
you know, it just shows with someone like Sam Bringol, he, he gives you that, doesn't he? He's looking forward and he's looking to be the, the first line of attack, really. Uh, so it does work. Yeah, obviously, we've got to work on it a little bit more because we were playing so, I don't know what the word is, passively the last few months. And now we're like aggressively going forward like we were last night. Sometimes we might come unstuck and they might counter and score. And others, like the, the goals last night, it's frightening. It's brilliant. So more of it. And if it fails every so often, we're just going to have to, to deal with that. But I think it'll end up benefiting us a hell of a lot more than the way we were playing, you know, the sidewards crab football. But uh, it's it's just positive. It's just the goals last night were brilliant team goals uh, with real touches of class. And you watch that game last night. That's the first game of the season. And you think, right, Forest to contenders. Obviously, it wasn't all plain sailing because it never is with Forrest. They were a bit hit and miss in the first half and very much miss when they gave the penalty away, Figueredo. Um, I take it you had no complaints about the penalty. No. You were a bit, bit worried about Figueredo. He's obviously, he's got a mistake in him. I think everyone would accept that. Do you think maybe in time, Mbeso might be the one who comes in if he's not quite as physical as Figueredo? Mm. I don't. I don't think we should, you know, bash Figueredo too much. It was a silly error, and you know, if we were in the Premier, if it was modern era, like VAR would have hundred percent given it. Um, but it was just one of the. He cuts these silly mistakes out. There's a good player there, and he has saved us a few times already. And it was just annoying because as soon as that happened, you thought, "Oh, we didn't deserve that," and it could have cost us the game. So, yeah, there's going to be players. Um, in the in on the training pitch, thinking that's a position I can go for for sure. I suppose we give um, do we give the players credit or the manager credit for the response in the first half? I mean, it wasn't barnstorming, obviously, but they didn't really work the keeper too much. But they didn't abandon the way they wanted to play, did they? It would have been easy to go no. into their shells. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if you watched the zinc um, interview after, but he said something about half-time that made you think that the manager said something and the players have clearly responded here. They all just seem to be working together. I mean, the way that Cooper spoke after the game, he was in awe of them and he, he just seems to be thoroughly enjoying it. And I love the fact he keeps pushing the fact that everyone's together on this. It's not just the players and it's not just him, it's the fans in the stand. It's, you know, everyone at the club and he seems to be trying to get everyone together, which has been missing for a hell of a long time because it hasn't been very nice this season and, you know, previous seasons. And I just feel like with him, I don't want to get carried away and I don't want it to be a Cooper loving, like you say, but he just seems to get it already. He just seems to get what what we want and what the players can do. And I don't know, we'll, we'll have ups and downs, of course we will, but maybe this is the one that we do give him a bit of leeway. And if things don't go right straight away, we think, well, he's shown signs already. He clearly... He's clearly got a plan and we just need to let him work on it. Yeah, Barnsley weren't great and perhaps we'll come on to that about how it, how it pans out going forwards. But um, one of the failings of Houston that he was bashed over the head with repeatedly, quite rightly so, was substitutions. They were too late and too like for like. And you see um, Cooper, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure it was a huge gamble because they did look a bit ropey at the back, but after an hour or just under, he's taking off a centre-half and putting a striker on. And of course, you know, when you're the new manager, that does tend to work for you. But it was a positive change, wasn't it? They score within a minute and Graben's, you know, heavily involved in the goal. How much credit and how pleasing is it to, to see Cooper do that? Yeah, that, there's no way that would have happened under previous manager. No way. 
And uh, it was a gamble because one, Gravens, he's took a massive knock in the previous game. Uh, he was still injured. You know, he might have only been at 60, 70%. So it's a huge gamble. First thing he does is set a goal up. And the second thing he does is score. So it worked. And you've got to give him full credit for that. And Graben needs some big credit as well because, he, you know, it, it was a bad knock. You could tell he was injured on Saturday and he tried to plod on and just couldn't. Uh, and he's come back fighting. And, you know, I, I've said in almost every episode that I don't think a striker should be a captain. And what he did last night was a captain's performance. Uh, I loved his goal. I loved the fact that he didn't even run. He was just walking when he scored and then he walked off when he, he celebrated. It made me chuckle, but... Uh, yeah, you know, full credit to the manager and big credit for, for Graben for showing us that, you know, he, he is going to try and take this team on. Do you think it's a message to Lyle Taylor that Brennan starts up front? I don't know. And Graben comes on and he he comes on at like, let's say, 60% fit or 80% yeah. fit and Lyle doesn't get on. I mean, what does do you hope that sends a message to Taylor? It has to send a message to Taylor. And I, I read a little bit too much into the post-match interview when um, when Cooper did mention how like he started without the striker, and he only mentioned Graben, and then he, he mentioned Taylor as it felt like a bit of an afterthought. Uh, Taylor's he's got to step up to the plate. Every other player has been so far. You know, we all know he's got his opinions, and whether that WhatsApp thing was ever real, we'll never know. But you know, he's. He's got to show that he wants to be here, or at least if he doesn't want to be here, he's got to play so a, a team pick him up in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he, he's the one that needs to needs to, you know, big improvements from him. Yeah, I mean, Richard uh, says Graham was the missing piece of the jigsaw when it came together when he came on. It was, I think that's probably true, isn't it? It was a little disjointed. A few first touches were going away. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get too carried away with Graham and say he's going to get. 20 goals a season, but it's just good to see him looking like the player he can be again, isn't it? Mm. And it and it's, you know, he's not getting any younger, is he? So this could be one of two or three of his last seasons. So he's clearly hungry. Um, yeah, he just showed it. He showed it last night. It's like you can't complain about what he did last night, still not being 100% and just putting in that performance. And it did change the game. Uh I thought I thought we felt like we were going to get something anyway. It did look like we were the only team really going for it. The stats back it up. I mean, sixty odd percent away from home, about trebled their shots, and it's something that we, you know, first two games, three games of the season. I think we had like one shot on target. Now suddenly we're having six in a game, and it it's just been so busy. That's the thing for me. We just seem to be such a busy team now. Mm, yeah, I suppose. I keep saying this. I don't want to get too carried away because I thought Barnsley's manager was awful. Like, Forrest, it's not rocket science. Yeah, Ryan Yates is playing through ball after through ball mm-hmm. and he's not the best pass on the ball. And we'll talk about Yates in a minute, actually. Um, but then Barnsley's manager is hopeless and you wonder how bad Barnsley are and how good Forrest are. So, but, uh, you know, on the night, Forrest were great. And on the night, Brennan Johnson was brilliant. I find it interesting with Johnson that on any given night, he can be the best player on the pitch if he's a striker, a winger, a number 10 or a box box midfielder. And that just shows what a special talent he is, doesn't he? He's not going to be mm. the best player every night. He's going to have bad nights. But when he's like that, you can see he's got such a massive future, hasn't he? And massive present. It's not just his, his pace either. It's the way he keeps hold of the ball. That goal at Huddersfield, I mean, when he set it up and ran down the wing, it was just perfect. And he was doing it again last night. And... Yeah, he is box to box. He's obviously not got 
you know, he's not going to be the strongly, strongest and muscling all these big players off the ball, but he doesn't need to because he's so quick he gets past them. And then he gets the balls in and he could have easily shot for Zink's goal last night. Uh, and other players would have, but he knew the guaranteed thing was was an open goal with him. And he, he's just got a clever footballing brain also. And it worries me that we haven't signed him up because there's going to be those teams like Brentford who are going to be watching his every move and know exactly how much Forrest are going to accept. So we need to get him signed up. That's the most important thing now between now and December, just get him signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I messaged uh, Michael Temple to see if he wanted to do this. And he, he couldn't you know, work, whatever. But he made a good point to me on WhatsApp saying it shows why they don't need Carvalho. Uh, when you've got that pace and that mm. energy that you don't really need the guy who can pick a through ball if you're going to be that dynamic, doesn't it? And I do think Forrest have got these attacking dimensions now and different options, haven't they? And maybe Carvalho doesn't need to be prominent, not that he was before. But there's so many different options for Cooper suddenly, isn't there? Yeah, it'd be fantastic if Carvalho was that option. Uh, but he isn't, is he, at the minute? He's not really going to be that player that features very often, and it's a massive shame. But, uh, you know, picking the through balls, Ryan Yates was doing that last night. Uh, There's players in this team that have been slated and slated, and they will be again when we don't win in in whenever. Um, But they all did a job last night. Colback came on and did a job, and, you know, he was having shots, and... Every single one of them last night, all right, Figueredo made a mistake, but every single one of them did a job and did what they were asked for. And beyond, I think, like I say, Mm. 3-1, we just kept going for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I give Colback credit. I thought he was good when he came on. Mm. It's interesting about Yates and Garner, this ongoing debate. I mean, I think you have to give credit where credit's due, don't you? Yates, to me, outshone Garner again last night. I don't know if Garner's a worry or not, should we just be more pleased that Yates is playing well and give Garner the time to find his feet? Yeah, definitely. We've definitely got to give Garner the time. I forgot he was on. Like, when he came off, I thought, oh, blooming hell, like, you haven't been seeing him play that that well and he's been a bit, you know, quiet. But is that what those, like, midfielders do if they're not really noticed that they're doing a good job? Uh, but, yeah, Yates shone in the middle out of the two of them yesterday. So, Garner's clearly a quality player and we're very lucky to have him, but he's not done what he's done last year yet. But at the minute, we haven't needed him to do that. So it will come with him. He's got too much quality not to, so I'm not worried. And I think he keeps playing him as well, because like I say, it's going to get better with him. Mm, True, true. Potentially the whole thing falls down without the wing-backs, doesn't it? Because they're the ones that have to get up and down the pitch and provide so much of the attacking onus. I suppose you have to give a lot of credit to the recruitment people uh, for bringing in uh, Lowe, certainly. And Spence looked a weird one, didn't he? He signed another right-back on yeah. deadline day. But he's really good and he gets up and down the line. I mean, how, excuse me, how important is it that Forrest keep those two fit and firing? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I thought Spence was like one of the shining players last night. Uh, and it was, it was, it just shows that maybe the recruiters know a little bit more than us. Yeah. Because uh, we find it so easy to moan, don't we? And it's worked with them too. And they've got a great partnership and the players in front of them trust them and they're starting to overlap and they're doing everything you want them to do. So, uh, yeah, I've got full confidence in them and you want to see them start in every single game. Uh, another player. It's good to see. I mean, I, like you say, Lolly wasn't quite right, but he was pretty good. But I thought Zinkanea Nagel was 
was really good second half. His touch was a, let him down a bit in the first half, but to get him back to mm. what he was at the start of the season as well, I mean, you can't have too many of these good attacking players, can you? So it's good to see him making a big contribution. Yeah, we. I mean, you thought he was going to score that first one. That's yeah, he should have done. You know, it's massive chance, and I thought, oh God, but then he gets this goal. You know, you couldn't really miss that, but he was loving it. Post-match interview should definitely listen if you haven't already, because he, he speaks so well. And he's another one of these loanees that you think he wants to be here. And if we're doing well, there might be a chance that we get to sign these players. So the better he plays, better the team plays, it, it should be better for everyone. Because uh, if we do lose one of our stars, we're going to be relying on more loanees or more players like him. So keep him fit, keep him happy and hopefully get him signed to us. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the end there. You go home and away. I bet you were gutted you couldn't be there to see those scenes. That's what they're the ones you wanted after 18 months away, the pandemic, to see that unity, to see the goal celebration for the third goal when Worrell's got grabbing over his head and he's smacking him on the arse. It's really weird. But you know what what I mean? Uh, The the second off, the fans never shut up. Yeah. It just, it was relentless, wasn't it? I love the fact that Stevie Cooper's. you know, inherited Sabri's song now because it's one of those that just keeps going and keeps going. Uh, you could just tell every single one of them that was there appreciated that second half performance and they were loving it. They must have been buzzing walking away from that stadium because, you know, once we got that third goal, it was never in doubt and it was more likely that you know, I heard some groans when Graben took it to the corner because we were just yeah, thinking, get forth. <laughs> Uh, no, it was superb. And again, Cooper's post-match interview, he was still looking at the empty away end saying how good it was. And, you know, fans love to hear that, don't they? They love to hear how good a job they've done as well. So, yeah, keep it going. It's what you want as a fan, though, isn't it? I mean, I've said this mm. repeatedly on this podcast before about taking my, my boy to his first game and how I was so reluctant to do it under Hewton because he's going to watch it and think, why have you spent 30-odd years, almost 40, loving this game so much? It's just mm. bloody awful. He wouldn't say bloody awful, he's five. But but now you take a kid or whoever you, your family's go and watch. It's not going to be like this every week, but a performance like at Barnsley, that intense. I mean, it's just, it's what you want to see as a fan, isn't it? You'll pay your money and if they lose and they've played like that, you'll take it with a bit more of a, not a pinch of salt, but you'll have an understanding. But under Houston, it was so dour. You just probably—I well, I didn't spend my money much, but you must have left the ground thinking, "Why am I? Why am I spending money mm. to watch this?" It's so different at Barnsley last night, wasn't it? I think, um, especially after having eighteen months away from it as well, you know, and, and paying for those eighteen months. Let's not forget, like a lot of the fans paid for season tickets where they never got to go and watch the game, and I know they got little bits back off the club, but it—it it was hard for everyone. Uh, so you can never guaranteed. You never get guaranteed enjoyment, do you, when you sign up for another season? But it was grim and I don't want to look too much back at that because it was dark times. And I think if um, if fans were there that last season, I don't think we would have necessarily had Hewton in charge at the start because I think it would have been a little bit too toxic for those in charge. And uh, yeah, it's just I'm just glad that it, it's changed now and it just seems to be a a real air of positivity around the place because that's what everyone wants. Um, one other point just to pick up on from the game, it's a sort of a slight negative that might have got glossed over. Am I, am I reading too much into Samba's kicking? I thought he really struggled and if Forrest are going to try and play out from the back and he can't be, you know, 
playing a Sam Wedge out to the fullback for 50-50 headers all the time, can he? Was it a bit of a worry or not? Um, it is a little bit. And, you know, if it's getting passed back to him, fair enough, he's really got to learn that. But when he has the ball in his hand, he sets up goals. He's done it previous times and he did it last night. So he's got an eye for that attack, you know, what we want to do. So, yeah, he can work on kicking and I'm sure they will do. So I'm not too worried because... He's a good goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper. His kicking does let him down a little bit, but he's confident in playing from the back. And when he gets it in his hands and he can roll it effortlessly to the halfway line, that's pinpoint. And I think it's it's well worth him. You know, he is our number one goalkeeper and he should be for the season, really, as long as nothing catastrophic keeps happening. But yeah, um, I'm not too concerned. Last game before the international break on Saturday. Then, as you say, you wish there were a few more games, but there aren't. So they've got Birmingham uh, mm. at home on Saturday. Birmingham are in pretty dire form as well. Oh, not as well, Forest aren't. Birmingham are in dire form and conceding quite a lot of goals. Uh, do you make any changes? I mean, Richard here talks about Figs hasn't got a chance and uh, mm. there's a potential there to change him. Or do you stick with him and, and back him? and go with the same 11. Uh, there's obviously the Graven question as well over yeah. his fitness. I mean, what, what kind of team would you field? I think it's hard not to have Graven in the team if we are, um, if he's fit. Uh, it's another away game, isn't it? So it'll either be the same as, as last night or Graben comes in, but I don't necessarily think you start with the formation they went to when Graben came on because it is a real... It's, it's a very positive. I, I, I honestly don't know, to be honest. I think Graben starts and maybe the same as uh, the Millwall game. I'd I'd guess that. Yeah, it's away, sorry, not home. Um, does that suit them being away? That formation of yeah. trying to hit teams on the break. I mean, it, it's not a bad thing to be away, is it? All when you play like that. Cooper must have been involved in the Huddersfield game. He must have had a say because it was pretty clear that he was going to get it. So it must. We must be suited to an away game so I'm, I'm glad it's away I'm glad it's Birmingham as well because I think we can be a better team than them uh, suddenly if we win that game you know nine points on the road it's, it's good going isn't it so I think we'll go out there and we'll be positive we'll be attacking uh, if Graben's not fit start the team that started last night if he is you know move it about a bit I don't think we should slate figs too much he's a good player he made a mistake and he was gutted about it and it was a stupid error, but that we'll get that out of him. Yeah, and the one thing about him and Mbeso is obviously, I think it's fair to say Mbeso is better on the ball, but Figs is probably better physically. And if you're going to play a lot of these teams, like Birmingham, are going to have Jukovic and mm. Dini potentially. You, you can't be a team of, of small players or not, not imposing players in the air, as we've seen with... I mean, Cardiff have blown up since beating Forest, and Middlesbrough haven't done much either. So yeah. Forest are going to have to be physically competitive. I suppose that leads into the next question about where we're at. Really, we're very guilty of uh, being too. <laughs> we, you're very guilty of being too optimistic. <laughs> I mean, uh, was this a case of Barnsley being awful and Forest being good, or are Forest definitely on the way up? Are they going to fly up the table now? Uh, I don't think. I don't think many with that second half. I don't think many teams would have beat us last night. If Barnsley are, are awful or not, we were a very good. When we had the ball, we were very good. So um, I think full credit has to go to us and not how poor they were. Um, just play each game. I'm trying not to be that guy, but play each game <laughs> as it comes. 
and then you know we'll soon start looking at the table and every you know everyone this morning was looking up and not down let's not like lie to ourselves so see where we are i think we can be mid table at christmas easily and then you're in a cracking position Mm-hmm. I hope so. I mean, it's an important game on Saturday, isn't it? These games leading into the international break, if they go into it with three wins and a draw out of four, it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. yeah, you, you get to the stage where you're not sending a message to the rest of the league, but you're certainly sending a message to your own supporters that you, you, you're you rounding the bend and getting back to where you want to be, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, I don't know. I, I'm nervous about Saturday now. I am. It's, it's suddenly become a huge game for for the nice reasons, for a different reason, that we're not so much worrying about below us. Um, I just think, go out and play like we did that second half and not many teams are going to beat us. I think we can be a better team than Birmingham. They're still not allowed a full crowd, are they? And we, I think we're, we've are we got 1,600 going down there. I always think we're louder when there's a smaller crowd, smaller away <laughs> crowd with Forrest as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think we'll do all right on Saturday. I love going there, St Andrews. Although I was just always behind the goal, but two of their stands are shut, aren't they? I don't know where you're, where the fans it's are. It, I think it's in the corner. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, so as Tuesday's or Wednesday's game, I noticed that they were in the corner. So that'll be something different. I've Give been there a few times, yeah. I mean, when were you there when Van Hooydonk scored those two goals in the promotion season? That was great. Possibly, oh, I don't know. No, been, I don't so think you, I was. Well, you've been there too. You've been into grounds <laughs> more times than I have. I've only been a couple of times, but that one always sticks in my mind. So I got there so early um, and waiting around. Yeah, he was great, Van Hooydonk, when he was on it. Obviously, mm. there's a more more of the story to him. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, right, I think we'll probably leave it there. Yvonne says, don't overanalyze the match. But we wouldn't be here too long, Yvonne, if we didn't overanalyze it. But thanks for <laughs> watching us ever. We do appreciate it, of course. Uh, thanks to everyone else who's watched along for the last 25 minutes or so on Facebook. And if you're listening later on uh, on Facebook or on iTunes or Apple, then do uh, subscribe on Apple and give us a good rating and obviously subscribe on YouTube and write a nice comment. There's a bloke on um, YouTube who just write, winds me up writing a negative comment telling me to stick to cricket every week. So you're probably going to watch this and write a stick to cricket comment. But, yeah, you're um, going to get a lot more now. <laughs> I know. Oh, I shouldn't have said anything and I can't really edit this because uh, the editor's <laughs> off today. So I've got to put this all out by myself with my very limited skills. Right. Um, we'll be back on Monday with Gary Bertles and hopefully Sarah Clapson. That's the plan anyway. Greg, thanks for joining me at very short notice. Yeah, no worries. Enjoy it. Yeah, good fun. Let's enjoy it while they're winning. It's certainly better than when they're losing. So thanks very much, everyone. And we'll catch you soon. <laughs>